Hey everyone, welcome back to Bag Talk. This is Rohit Bagavathula. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. This was a fun one with one of my best friends, Matt Tabier. We've known each other for quite some time and had conversations pretty similar to this before, but it was awesome to record it and hopefully you guys get some value from it. It was a pretty fun one. He is a professional athlete. He plays minor league baseball for the Arizona Diamondbacks, so you'll get to hear a lot about his story going into that. Uh, what it's like as a professional baseball player and some of the lessons he's learned. Uh, feel free to give me some feedback on how it went, and I'm always trying to improve and, and give you guys something better every episode. So this is a fun one. Let's get into it, and thank you for listening. Three, right. two, one. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Bag Talk. This is episode four. I'm your host, Rohit Bagmuthula. I'm here with my good friend, Matt Tabor. He's one of my day one friends. We met way back during Little League Baseball. Weren't super close at the time, but then as we got a little bit older, got to high school, around freshman year, we got really, really close, and he's still my boy to this day. Uh, like I said, I met him through baseball and he's still fucking going. I mean, right now he's playing uh, minor league baseball for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's out in Arizona right now with them. I mean, not very many people got the opportunity to do that this season. So it's a huge accomplishment. Um, so it's awesome to see how successful he's been. Uh, one thing I want to acknowledge him for is always staying humble. I mean, this kid is more successful than pretty much anyone I know at our age, but he's still grinding. He still takes care of everyone and hasn't let anything get to his head and is always so humble and, and awesome and grounded to be around. So welcome to Bag Talk, Tabor. Thanks, man. It's an honor. <laughs> awesome, bro. So like I said, we met through baseball, uh, and you have a really interesting story with that. So, I mean, we played on the same teams when we were in high school, or, or at least early in high school, and then you kind of just exploded out of nowhere. So I guess walk us through the story of what it was like for you, especially when you were younger in high school, like freshman, sophomore, and then how you just kind of blew up onto the scene. Yeah, man, it was, I mean, it was a, it's a journey, you know, I, I can't really, there's so many different parts of it that, you know, keep going and talk about. Um, but I think the, what was crazy to me is like, I, I remember coffee sent in the, in the group chat, uh, like a while ago, he was like something saying about like, uh, five years ago, if, like, like this message, if five years ago, you're in the exact place you are. And like now you thought you thought you would be in five years ago. And nobody liked it or said anything. And that's kind of, you know, the spot I'm in right now. I just feel like, I mean, that was probably five or six years ago, freshman, sophomore year. And I just, I, Co I never. Coffee being one of our friends from, uh, from back home yeah, in, yeah, in a group yeah. chat that we're all in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously five or six years ago, this was never like, a, never a plan for me. I never like, this wasn't like me manifesting destiny or anything. It was just like, it kind of just like came my way just because I just love baseball and I just, had a passion for something and I just stuck with it. You know what I mean? Um, and it wasn't that easy. You know, me, me and Rohit are, you know, I don't know if y'all know him as Keem, but whatever. Me and Keem, um, freshman, sophomore year, we were, just, we were just playing baseball for fun, man. We were just, you know, high school guys. Like, you know, we, we weren't studs. We weren't great. You know what I mean? But we were, uh, we just loved what we were doing and we had a passion for it. And, uh, but yeah, I guess at, at that time I was, I was pretty small, you know, I was like a five, five, two, five, three freshmen, you know, just kind of like one of those like late grower guys that just never, uh, never really like hit his growth spurt or just kind of like, was kind of like late in that aspect. And, uh, you know, it hurt me and everything. It hurt me socially. It hurt me in 
sports it hurt me in, in everything um you know to the point where you know i was cut from teams just you know not even because of my ability just because of my size um but again i had a passion for something and i just kept going um it never even like crossed my mind like what stop or let's find a different path it was just i love what i'm doing and i don't really care you know what level i'm at. just going to keep going and i guess like i kind of i kind of feel that still to this day you know what i mean i don't I don't treat the game or anything. I mean, obviously it's a little bit different. It's a business now, but I don't really treat it any differently. I'm, you know, I'm still, still the same, same kid, like that I was freshman year, same person. You know what I mean? I'm just a little bigger, more talented and grown to my body and mentally just a little more clear and stuff like that. But it's not a, you know, I'm just still following my passion. I guess that's, that's kind of, that's the most important thing I think. You know, I, I could walk you through Milton. I could walk you through all the draft stuff. And I'm sure, Kim, you can start asking some questions that might, like, open that up a little bit. But that's kind of what I got to start with. Yeah, so I can definitely confirm that you're still the same kid. You still laugh at <laughs> jokes and, and do stupid shit like that all the time. Oh, no, 100%. Uh, yeah, so I think Milton would be super cool to hit on. So after our sophomore year at Westford Academy, which is the high school in our town, you transferred to Milton Academy, which is a private school also in mass and reclassified again as a sophomore while the rest of us went up to juniors. Uh, and I think that was probably really big for you in terms of like giving you a little bit more time to develop and grow. So walk us through how that first year at Milton went and then next year, how that summer you really just kind of exploded out of nowhere. You played up on to uh, the Rays, the Rays being a, uh, probably the best team out of the whole travel program that we played for um like how you played up a level and then you let that help you get to a successful spot committing to Elon at that point yeah for sure I mean when uh I mean just first off I think that that decision you know I made to kind of reclassify Milton was probably the most important life decision I've ever made like up to this point I, I, I had no idea at that point you know I mean I was just doing doing what I thought was right for like my life, like not outside of baseball. You know what I mean? I wasn't happy in Westford. You know, I wasn't, I, I didn't think I was treated right by any means. Um, and you know, I was on the way out and I just kind of, again, like just kind of went with it. Um, but yeah, so once I got to know him, you know, I had a really good baseball opportunity there um, with coach Patrick and coach Natalia, who had, you know, been coaches for me uh, the previous summer. And, you know, I, again, they, they didn't, I don't think they ever saw, like me becoming the player I am today or anything like that. Um, but they definitely saw something to me that, you know, a lot of the people didn't see and they believed in me, um, which was cool. And so, you know, I, I got to Milton, was able to kind of repeat that sophomore year, give me an extra, you know, what, 12 months to kind of catch up to all my other peers. And I think the biggest thing that just gave me was confidence, man. You know what I mean? I was at Westford. I was just shot confidently. Like, you know, I had everybody telling me I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Like, basically people telling me that like my life's passion, which is baseball is just, you know, not like I suck at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, um, getting to Milton where it was like, it was a lot less judgmental. Um, a lot less people cared honestly to, and I know it sounds kind of weird, but like you shouldn't care. You know what I mean? You, you shouldn't judge somebody based on what their passion is or whatever. So that kind of gave me, um, you know, a pretty cool avenue of just being confident in myself and confident in my abilities and, just being able to go out there and work every day. Um, and so that, that uh, I went to Milton as like an infielder, shortstop, whatever. And again, then at that point it was just, um, I had a lot of people in my ear telling me like, look, like you, you got a long way to go. 
pretty much. You know what I mean? It was never out of the question. I was never going to give up, but you got a long way to go if you want to be a, you know, college, college baseball infielder. Um, but I would always had a good arm and I just kind of jumped on the mound one day and I was like, fuck it. Like, let's just see what happens. Um, and then from that moment on my sophomore year at Milton, I just kind of like just went all in on pitching. Um, just kind of all in on that craft and all in on like everything that had to do with it. Cause you know, I, I love baseball at the end of the day. I didn't care what I was doing, just trying to help the team. Um, and that's kind of where I took off was when I just had such a small focus on what I was trying to do every single day. Um, I started to get like some good routines and stuff like that, like a, like a workout program. I never lifted or worked out in any aspect besides just throwing um, up until that point. And then kind of once, uh, once that whole thing kind of like uh, developed like my routine and all that, um, it was just way easier for me for like have a clear minded goal. And then going into that summer, um, you know, I just kept getting better and better and kind of slowly growing in my body. And then I was able to commit to, Elon, um, what's the school, you know, North Carolina, um, which I still think is a great place. Um, but yeah, and then so, so that's, that's kind of leads me up to my senior year, which we can talk about too later, but. Yeah. So I like that you said you kind of had like a singular focus on one thing. I mean, before that it was all like, as an infielder, obviously you have to focus on a lot more than just as a pitcher, I guess. I mean, you know more than that, especially at the level that you are at, maybe you have to focus on more things as a pitcher, but as an infielder, I mean, it's like you got to be agile. You got to have a good arm. You got to have good hands. You got to have good feet. You got to be a good hitter. You got to know all the counts. You got to be able to steal bait, like all this stuff, you know, and then you kind of took, I guess, what you were best at, which is what you always had a good arm and then mm-hmm. just like focusing on it. And I think that's really cool. And what do you think was the, the one thing that allowed you to just like start separating yourself? Do you think it was just focusing on one thing? Or do you think you did anything else that really, like, I mean, all right, so Elon is a D1 school. You went from really not having a shot at playing college baseball to committing D1 as a junior, like, that Mm -hmm. summer. So how did you get to that point? Like, what actually allowed you to make such a big jump? Well, I think I was just dedicated, you know what I mean? Like I said, I kind of, I, like, started to really have a routine and a way I went about my business, um, that allowed me to be successful. You know what I mean? I didn't necessarily, I wasn't just showing up to practice with like, oh, maybe I'll do this today. Maybe I'll do that. Like I had a clear cut every single day. Here's what I'm doing this, 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 and this, and everything, everything had a purpose. You know what I mean? I had a purpose. Um, and, and honestly at that, like that was when it was just, just starting like the beginning of, uh, of all that. But I think what, what separated me from the division one player to professional player, my senior year, was that we can talk we can talk about that more but I honestly think at that point it was just pure pure arm talent I was just like I was just getting up there um I kind of had to learn a little slider learn a little change up so I had three pitches and I've always just been athletic enough to make adjustments and had pretty good body awareness um and I think the coaches saw like I said my passion my drive and just my ability and they they kind of they took a chance on me um there but like I said yeah like the just developing as like a human kind of just like as a, as a, I guess not a human as a man um, throughout that junior senior year, but that professional opportunity, I think. Perfect. So you, you said something that I was really hoping you would say, which is intent. And I know that's talked about quite a bit in pitching. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that you would say that because I think focus without intent doesn't really mean anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could be focused on something, but if you don't know why you're focusing in on it, if you don't know why it's important, if you don't know where it's going to take you, it really doesn't mean all that much. 
So just because you started focusing on pitching for like no reason doesn't really make that much sense. But when you're yeah. able to say, okay, I have all this stuff behind me. I have good body awareness. All I need to do is really learn a couple off speed, which is that kind of stuff. Like the intent mm-hmm. behind why you started focusing in on that is I think super important. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to try really hard at this for no reason. But when you know why you're going to try really hard at it, you can find yourself being way more successful. You know? Yeah. A thousand percent. I think another word for that is like I said, purpose. Like you have to have a purpose in everything you're doing. Like every single day when I go to the field now, I just started this kind of, which is kind of cool. Cause I had felt myself like kind of just going all over the place. Like I, this year, you know, my, my body hasn't really felt great. I've kind of been working on some stuff like, you know, just sequencing and just kind of like, just, just kind of like trying to get myself to a, trying to optimize myself, you know, as I always do. And, you know, sometimes you try something that clicks and other times you got to keep pushing and, you know, it's not clicking and you keep searching for other things and other things and other things. But I found myself just kind of gassing myself every day, just trying to do so much and just trying to like, um, like do more and do more and do more. If this didn't work, then I, I didn't have the patience to wait till tomorrow to try another thing. Like I was going to try it now. You know what I mean? So I have like a journal now that I write in every day and, you know, I write like my, my three main things every day, which is my throwing, my conditioning and my lifting. Um, and like, I write down everything. So like my purpose today, like what's my throwing goal today? And like, why is that my goal? Like, how's that going to translate into the game? Like, what's my purpose behind that? Like, what's my goal today lifting? And like, if it, if it's a light lift, like what's my, what's my focus? Is it like recovery focus? Is it a strength focus? Is it a condition focus? Whatever. Um, and kind of like having those, like, it's very small short-term girls goals that kind of like gives you satisfaction for the day. Like, okay, like maybe I didn't push myself as hard on my upper body lift, but I'm not coming home upset about that. I'm upset at myself and like ready to do more. I'm coming home like satisfied because I achieved my goal for the day, which was just get a little blood flow and get some recovery going for tomorrow. You know what I mean? And so when I write that down, I actually vocalize that goal to myself or the purpose. It makes a huge difference. Fuck yeah, dude. I really like that because doing more doesn't always mean that you get more out of it. Like what you're doing now is so much smarter than just like you said earlier, like something's not clicking like, all right, I got to find this out right now. I got to do this right now. I don't really know what's going on, but I'm just going to push myself more than is actually smart to. But now Mm -hmm. you're in a place where like your mind is so much more in it. Like, like you said, if you're not pushing yourself to the max on a, on an upper body lift, like, you know why, and you know that this might actually be better for you than try to max bench the day before you throw or whatever it might be. So I think that's probably one of the things that comes from like just maturity. I mean, dude, yeah. you're what, you're what, 22 years old. So that's awesome to be able to, to even be at that point where you're journaling, where you're writing these down and you have that purpose for every single thing you're doing. And you probably weren't that way when, when you were in high school, I no, assume. No, not at all. Not at all. I was fortunate, you know, that th- this year has been kind of the first time where I felt like like a test, you know what I mean? Like, uh, everything in my life previously had been like, kind of I tried something that clicked and it worked and I just kind of went with it. Um, there were obviously a few things that didn't work, whatever, but I've been throwing a lot of stuff at the wall recently that just hasn't been sticking. And it's been, it's been a mental test for me to be able to take a step back from that and be like, and just kind of like, just, just get my thoughts in order and just find a way to like organize everything without just like, without just keep throwing a wall and seeing stuff sticks. Like I've been doing that for months and it hasn't been working. So I got to find a different way. And I think that like purpose, like, taking that like purpose approach is actually helping. Yeah. The mental game is definitely, I mean, especially baseball, baseball is way more a mental game than it is a physical game. 
I mean, yeah. take that take that as you will, but you have to be very strong mentally to be able to succeed in baseball. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, one thing you mentioned earlier was talking about Milton in your senior year. Let's talk about how you went through that mentally. Obviously, you did great physically. You kind of blew up the draft boards, and all of a sudden you came out of nowhere. But what was it like mentally having to go through that and having to go through – I remember I came to one of your games, and I was like, oh, there's no scouts here. That's kind of weird. Then I walk over to another angle, and I see 25 scouts down there, all with radar guns pointing on you while you're on the mound. What was it like going through that process? It was it was definitely uh, like looking back on it now. I think it was I think I handled it like extremely well. Um, you know, we, we were just as a team coming off like a league championship in my junior year, and you know, at that point, I was just a hundred. I I didn't care about the draft. I never thought it was a possibility for me. I never thought it was anything. I just thought I was going to go to Elon and you know compete my ass off there, and then like kind of deal with that when it came. Um, so my whole mentality that, that whole senior year was just like, go out there and win. Like, we're just going to win. Like, I don't give a shit what any of these scouts think. I don't, I don't care. And that evolved, you know, obviously as I kept, uh, like seeing rankings and all, all sorts of stuff like that that comes out when the draft's happening. But, um, even the last game of the season, I was just going out there. I was trying to win. I was trying to win for my team, um, and put us in a good position to win. And I think that just me constantly telling myself that like selfless, 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 like kind of made everything that was happening to me a lot easier to handle because I didn't have, like I said, going back to that purpose, like my purpose was going out there and it wasn't to get drafted as high as I can. It wasn't, it wasn't to make as much money as I could to draft. It was going there, win a high school baseball game. And that takes a lot less, like it takes a lot of pressure off you and a lot more just team, you know, togetherness. And obviously you're, you're much stronger together than you are as one. Um, so that, that kind of like that mentality uh, made it, you know, not as stressful as people might think. Um, but at the same time, it was pretty cool having, you know, 30, 35 guys back there um, all with radar guns and, you know, all thinking about drafting me in the first couple of rounds of the draft. Like it, it was a pretty surreal experience. Um, but again, I was, I'm, I'm a loyal guy. I was always just like, I'm going to Elon. Like I'm committed to Elon. Like I committed to them. I'm going. Um, but then obviously we can, we can talk a little bit more about draft day and all, all that stuff um, later. I know we have a little funny story about that, but, but yeah, like I said, again, just kind of like that purpose, like even though I didn't vocalize or even really know it, know it at that point, like my purpose was to win baseball games and that's, that's all it was. So two things I want to touch on there. First, uh, my first question is how did you get yourself to be that selfless at that point? I mean, Get, ingraining that mentality in yourself when you see all that stuff is really tough, especially when you're like a high school kid, you're not as mature as you want to be. Um, and then two is what are like some of the bigger lessons you learned from that process as, as cool as it was. And like, how do you apply that to your life now? Like, that's not, that's not something that you forget, you know, yeah. having all those people come watch you and like forcing yourself to be selfless and allowing that, like, how does that translate into your life now? Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think, like, that was the one or the, like, those two years were the true, like, only really team, like, true team atmospheres that I've, like, actually experienced. Um, and honestly, when you're on a team, it's pretty easy to be selfless, you know, well, especially when you all have one common goal and you you know that that guy across you is going to take a shit off his back for you, you and you and he looks at you and he, he knows the same thing, like, it's rare and it's cool and it's like 
it's it's an experience like not not many people have like a team like that that close and that tight um you know what i mean and i guess like and honestly like be professional baseball is one of the most, most selfish things that i've ever done you know what i mean it's every single day you're going out there you're trying to get yours and you're trying to just um like maximize your ability and like you don't really you don't really give a shit about anybody else and i i know it's you know it's it's shitty to say but like i said again it's a business you know what i mean um and so like trying to i, I guess I, i've tried to be good about um taking that like selfless team team goal kind of into into my you know practice and everything now but it's just not the same because you you, you don't have that true 100 percent feeling that the guy across from you feels the same way you do you know what i mean which is tough um but like what I got from that senior year, looking back on it, um, yeah, I don't know. It's that the, there's a lot, but I was just so. I was always very. I, I'm a very I'm a guy that like very, very much thinks about what other people think of me. You know what I mean? And not not in like a social way. Like I, I'll go out with this crazy ass hair, and like I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's not not in that way, but with something I care about and something that, you know, kind of, ha I have a lot of like, riding on, you know, I care a lot about what other people think of me. Um, so I, I think that like, but, but at the end of the day, like looking back at, the, at my senior year, I didn't give a shit what those scouts thought because I knew that I was good enough and we had a team goal and it was just a win. You know what I mean? So I think if I can do a little bit better job of just like finding goals for myself that are like attainable for me, that like, it doesn't take anything, anything else like it doesn't take what one coach says or what this they does it doesn't take anybody else's control it's only me if i can kind of set little mini goals like that um that i can control i can almost be my own team and you know then that kind of takes away the stress of like oh what that coach think about my bullpen like how did i do today in the game like i'm not sure like you know what i mean yeah i mean the only things that you have any sort of control over are your mindset and how you do when you get on the bump you know, and that's yeah. very um, – it's hard to keep an eye on that and, and be aware of that when there's so many things that, like, influence how everything could have turned out, right? Like, say one of those scouts is in a bad mood or one of those writers who makes rankings is in a bad mood when they come to see you play. No matter how good you do, uh, say they put you a few slots worse than what you thought you were going to be, like, that has, like, nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. It's, it's hard to make sure that you're not getting phased by that and you're just going out every single day and doing your job. Um, and I think that was probably especially hard on draft night. That yeah. was a, that was really wild. So for those who don't know, uh, Tabor went what third pick of the third round. Something like that, yeah. So really early on, uh, they only, I think air the first two rounds. It's like a big thing. Uh, it's on TV. Everyone gets together and watches it. We had a little gathering at Tabor's house that night. We thought he was going to go. Uh, and at one point, the Yankees are up on the draft board. And you hear someone say, now drafting Matt Tup. And it was someone completely different. And that was, I'm sure it was really heartbreaking for you. And it was like a completely different energy at your house after that when we all thought that you got taken and then it wasn't you. So I'm sure your heart was broken on that first night. And then what was it like, you know, I'm sure you, you dreamt for quite a while of, of hearing your name called in front of all your friends, in front of all your family and everyone who loves you. And then having that not happen as someone who cares very much about other people think, what did that feel like? 
it was t- it was probably one of the worst worst nights of my life man to be honest with you it was it was just heartbreaking you know because it was like i had poured my heart and heart and soul into this and again like that took you know that draft took like a different meaning at that point um just because it had transformed from like our season was over like it was no more like no more winning championships no more like time with the guys it was all me now you know what i mean and so it, it went from almost like something that was kind of on the back burner to just the forefront and you know and everybody that was close to me was you know either like very excited or just you know freaking out about it stressing out about it and you know it, it was tough and I honestly still didn't even know what I wanted to do if I wanted to you know even if I got picked on that day if I wanted to sign I didn't you know I didn't have any sort of monetary like I any idea of like how much I was like worth quote unquote like anything like that um so there's a whole bunch of uncertainty and then not getting picked that day even led to more uncertainty of just like what like my life can go in two totally different directions right now and it's up to me to choose. Um, and, and yeah, that, 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 that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember sitting on like the sidewalk just with like my, my hands and my, like just covering my face, like just so sad, just like broken down. But then again, like, you know, I, I had always, I've always been counted out. So, you know what I mean? And so like, you know, you hear like third round draft pick, like that's a high pick, but like, I don't forget that. You know what I mean? I don't forget how I was counted out there. I don't forget the 81 people that were picked before me. Like, um, it's kind of like the Tom Brady mindset. You know what I mean? Like I'm at my best, like sports, athletics, socially, everything when people don't believe in me because it just makes me believe in myself more. As you were talking, actually the first thing, even before you said Tom Brady, like two seconds beforehand, that's the first thing I thought of. It's Tom Brady, you know, it's just like having that mental toughness. And that's a lot of what we've been talking about is mental toughness is what I think really allows someone to go above and beyond. Um, And so, like you said, 81 people drafted before you, you're not sure what the money's look like. You're not sure what to do in terms of going to school or in terms of signing, right? What's your thought process look like at that point? Uh, It's a tough decision to make for an 18 year old, right? Choosing a lot of money, right? Potential fame, or, or school and an education and still getting to play really good baseball. What did it look like for you? What were like the internal struggles that you faced? It was like, yeah, like I, I, it was just so, so much of a field uncertainty. Like I, I remember I woke, like it was like two or three days after the draft and I had what, like three weeks to decide what I want to do. And two weeks and I was still just, back and forth back and forth like no idea what I want to do blah blah blah. and then I remember one morning man I just woke up and I was like I want to go play baseball I want to play professionally like fuck this college shit I'm done like I want to go I want to do it and I told my parents that day I was like my mind's made up like literally just woke up in the morning man it was like I don't know what it was I like I still think it was like something out of my control it just boom told me that was the right decision um I woke up that morning and the next day I was on a plane to Arizona and just got, got it all going. But yeah, th- those two weeks were like just full of uncertainty. Cause it was just, it was just constantly like, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know what I mean? And like, you never want to think that way. You just want to live for the moment. But in those certain situations, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you know, you're making a situation that's going to directly impact your future for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. I think that's really interesting to hear. Cause sometimes decisions are completely like, 
the decision is made for you. You know, like yeah. you, you toiled over for two weeks and then you just woke up one morning and knew, like it wasn't like a logical thing, like, oh, okay, I weighed all the pros and cons and this is the conclusion I've come to. Like, it just felt right. Like that decision was made for you. And I think mm-hmm. another decision that was probably made for you was, like you were saying, kind of throwing stuff against the wall this whole year and having to struggle a lot mentally. I mean, coronavirus is going on. You had your season cut short. You came home for, what was it, two months, two and a half months, something like that. You find out yeah. the day before you have to go back to Arizona. You get called like late at night being told, oh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. You know. Mm-hmm. So walk us through what it was like getting a break. I mean, the last three years for you now have just been straight baseball. Right, you go, you fly out to Arizona in, in February, and you don't come back till November. What's it like mm-hmm. having that a little bit of a summer break? How tough is it mentally? What were the challenges and the like the, the good parts of being able to get that break? Yeah, it, it was cool, man. And it was, I definitely didn't make the most of it. You know, looking back, I wish I kind of made, made some more memories and made, um, wasn't all domed up about baseball stuff, but that was like at the height of, you know, what I was kind of going through this year, um, just like physically and just trying to like just figure things out and get back to where I want to be. Um, but it was such a unique situation, man. That was, you know, one of the one of the only times I'll have a summer back in Massachusetts for, you know, a while, hopefully. Um, and it was it was awesome to be able to see all you guys and hang out with you guys and just kind of like step away from the game. And it, 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 it makes you realize sometimes um, – Cause I'm just, we're, you know, all my friends, man, are baseball guys and other than, other than you guys, obviously. Um, so, you know, wherever I go in the country, that's not Boston. Everybody I know is from baseball. You know what I mean? And it kind of can drive you a little bit crazy just because everybody's like got the same goal. Everybody's ingrained to have that kind of self selfish mentality to an extent. Um, and you just feel like you can't get away. You feel trapped. You know what I mean? And I think I can speak for a lot of professional baseball players, but one of the biggest like fears um, from guys is just like what happens after baseball. Like if baseball doesn't work out, like I'm fucked. Like that's what kind of goes through guys' heads. And just to be able to come back and like see you guys like living your life to the fullest and like, you know, like finding other passions and just kind of like diverting your path and all that stuff um, just to be happy. It kind of puts things in perspective, like for me and for other people, just like, Maybe it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, like this is a game. You know what I mean? It's a business, and everything I do every single day is to achieve this goal that I have. But at the end of the day, it's not everything. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm going to be fine. If, if, if I just keep that mentality of having a purpose and finding my passion and doing whatever I possibly can to be successful with that passion, and it doesn't matter if it's baseball or something else, I'm going to be successful in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's something that you hear a lot of like really, really successful professional athletes or former professional athletes saying, right? Guys, for example, like Marcus Stroman, right? Like mm-hmm. he's so invested in other things, whether it's his fashion brand or he raps sometimes, like all this other stuff. Like he finds his passions outside of baseball, even though his goal is to win a World Series every year, to make big money, to be the best that he can be. Like he has all this mm-hmm. other stuff, you know? So it's cool that you got the chance to figure that out this summer. And I really like that you touched on, I guess, like one of the struggles that, nobody would think that a professional athlete sees, you know, when you hear professional athlete, you're like, Oh, that's the life. Nobody's going to think, wow, I really can't get away from this thing. You know, like this is my entire life and it's hard to find anything else to the point where you see happiness in others and you're like, Oh wow, you can be happy doing something else. So what are, what are some other things? What is like the dark side of being a professional athlete that you think people wouldn't think of at first glance? 
I mean, I think people do think about this, but it's just like just money. You know what I mean? It's like money and fame. And that's what drives a lot of people. You know what I mean? And that's a means to an end, I think, because it's just like you just always want more and more and more and more. And at some point, like it doesn't, it doesn't work out. And you're kind of just like, like you're not, you're not doing something because you love it. You're doing something because you want the money and the fame that, that comes with it. And that's, that's in my opinion, no way to live your life. You know what I mean? Um, but that's definitely a struggle. I think guys go through too, is just being young and just having millions of dollars and just, you know, just being able to literally do whatever they want and they can just go buy whatever they want, do whatever they want. And, it kind of sends guys down, you know, a bad path. Like obviously Josh, Josh Hamilton is like an extreme example. Um, but I read his book and that's one of like my favorite books of all time, beyond belief. Um, and it goes through his whole story of just, you know, being something like the first overall pick at a high school, like having all this big, big hype around him. Like he's going to be the best player in baseball one day, like, like in two years, whatever. And it almost gave him like a timetable. And, you know, he was, he admitted he was immature at that time and you know, his, his parents kind of followed him around. And, um, you know, next thing you know, he's like released from an organization, like doing crack cocaine in the middle of North Carolina somewhere. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's very quick how things can turn when you're not doing stuff for the right reasons or like you don't have any sort of balance in your life. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's, I think like a big, a big struggle for guys is that they just have no balance they put all their chips into baseball and, you know, even if you do play in the major leagues one, two years, like that's not going to set you up for your life. You know what I mean? First six years of major league baseball or first three years is rookie, rookie pay. And it's, you know, $500,000 a year, but you play for two years, million dollars. Like you still got to work. You still got to find something else to do. You know what I mean? Granted you're a major league baseball player. There's opportunities everywhere, but um, there's a lot of guys that kind of fall flat in their face once they're outside of baseball. Um, just because they have no balance in their life. And I think that's, that's one thing that I struggle with that I'm trying to find is like a balance and just like a passion outside of baseball that I have. Um, and like the one thing I've found is like coaching. Like I, I love coaching. Like I love helping guys, like even my teammates, like I'll go out of my way and just try to like teach them stuff. Um, or like what works for me and stuff like that. That's why I love coming back and doing like my little lessons and stuff I do in, uh, in Boston. But that's again, like a tough passion to, go anywhere with like right now you know what I mean because I'm obviously playing but it, it's good that I know that about myself and I can like you know use that avenue in the future that I know I like I know I can go all in on that after you know yeah again it's it's so cool that you have this recognition at a young age again this is something that you hear really successful people saying and they've learned this through like lots of years of of trial and error and a lot of like failures like they're finding this out at 30 or 28 or something like that, you're 22 and you already know this stuff. So now that you have like all this knowledge that you've learned so much, where do you see yourself going with it in, let's say like two or three years, like a lot can happen in that time. Mm -hmm. What do you see yourself being like, whether you're in the bigs or not, how do you see yourself as a person? It's an interesting question, man. I mean, I, I think I want to continue to grow. Um, in a way, like, just, like, just be, like, more kind of focused, organized, purposeful um, in my life, you know, whatever that is, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know me, I'm still kind of scatterbrained, I still kind of, like, run around, and do crazy stuff all the time, and just, um, I want to be able to have, like, more of a clear mindset every day, just kind of, like, um, 
just know what I'm going to do that day. Know what I'm going to know what I'm going to try to accomplish today, whether it's on the field or whether it's socially or whether it's in literally anything. You know what I mean? If it's an off day and it means that I'm going to like let my body rest, it's it's being okay with that and sitting on my couch all day and not going and five o'clock and being like, ah, I need to go work out, like freaking out, feel guilty, blah, blah, blah. Like just, just being able to trust myself. Um, and yeah, just kind of controlling what I can control. Like there's been a lot, there's a lot of stuff like, like, I mean, we talk about coronavirus, like that's, people are freaking out about this and being like, my life is, is my mental health is like, so I'm struggling right now. And like, well, uh, like, yeah, I, I understand that, but it's because you're letting the outside controllables like control you and take over you. Like, if you were, if you were good with, like, happy with yourself, then you'd be able to go and kind of some free time. You have a purpose, and you can find something that you love and like dive in on that and become a become a better person. You know what I mean? And I think I think it'll be pretty telling, like, who uh, who used this kind of like time when the world world is like paused to work on themselves or to you know sit in sorrow and kind of bitch about like uh why why me you know what i mean kind of playing like the victim mentality i don't even know if that answered your question where do i see myself in two years i mean i don't know man i honestly don't know you know what i mean it's it could be anywhere from you know from the major leagues to you know doing some some random job and i guess that kind of depends on a lot of other things a lot of things that i can't control but like i said like i just want to work on being more purposeful, having a purpose in everything I do. Um, and just like, just not trying as hard sometimes. Just don't try. You know what I mean? Just live in the moment. Don't try. Just, just be happy. And, you know, like just, just try to be a kid as much as you possibly can. Yeah. There's a really good quote that I like from a guy named David Meltzer. He was the CEO of sports one marketing. Um, he was a super successful agent. He worked very closely with like guys like Warren moon, uh, the movie, Jerry Maguire, was made after the company that he was eventually CEO for. So gotcha. really reputable guy, super rich, like really into a lot of this stuff. And he always says, um, you have to just allow things to happen. Like if you have a 10 pound weight on your back and you're told to run two miles, pretty much no matter what, you're going to do better than the person who has a 200 pound weight on their back. So you just have to yeah. allow things to like, if you're letting things weigh you down, then that's not good. But if you're allowing things to be easy and like allowing yourself to, to have a purpose and to just like go with the breeze, then you're in a much better place than someone who, who doesn't, like I said earlier, intent, I, you call it purpose. I call it intent, right? Like yeah. when you, when you know what that is, you can just kind of let things come to you and you can let things go away from you. As long as you have that like clear minded goal that you know is at the mm -hmm. front of your mind and you know why it just becomes a lot easier. Yeah. And I think that's something I've seen change about you over the two and a half months that you were home is at first you were like, I guess a little more uptight about stuff um, and a little more like worried about where you were going to end up being, uh, whether you get to go back to Arizona this year or not. And then at mm -hmm. some point I think you kind of let it go and you're like, Hey, this is, this is out of my control. I don't know if we're going to have a season or not. All I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Hey, can you come throw with me three times a week? I'm going to try to lift every day and I'm going to try to do things that I didn't get to do in the past, like hang out with my friends, go have fire, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that yeah. was really cool to see, like even just in that short time span that you were home, like allowing yeah. yourself to kind of be free, say, Hey, I have this purpose every day. There's not much I can control outside of that. I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And eventually you ended up getting called back to Arizona, which not very many people got the opportunity to do. So I think yeah. that was probably a big part of it is just saying, Hey, like I'm going to do my thing and where the world takes me, it takes me. 
Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, like, I don't know, obviously with the ankle and all that stuff, like, that, that taught me a pretty tough lesson, man. Just, like, you know, I'm not indestructible. I can't, like, you know, go and – you know, there's something to say for celebrating small victories in life. And like, if you, if you achieve like a small goal or whatever, like go, go celebrate and go have a good time with your friends. But there's a certain way to do that. That's, you know, was still your, your goal in mind. Again, like have a purpose. If, if you're going to go out, like have a purpose in that. Don't just like go like me, like just go, go to the football game and, you know, break my ankle. Like, like there's no purpose in that. Like if I'm going to, like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go because I want to have time. I want to be, time with my friends I haven't seen in six months. So I'm spending all that time, like just socializing with them, catching up with them, like having a purpose with that. You know what I mean? Um, same thing like when I was, I was at home, like have a purpose. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I keep saying that, but you kind of get where I'm, get where I'm going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's the one thing you think you missed out on by being a professional athlete that other kids our age got to do and you didn't? I think like just friendships, man. I know that's kind of a kind of a weird answer, but like you know, everybody and uh, everybody that went to college is always our parents are always like they have their college friends. You know, what I mean, they still keep in touch with their college friends, um, and I think that kind of like social social aspect where you're just kind of figuring you're kind of figuring yourself out with like in like in like this really weird like college is weird, man. It's like this little like this little bubble of just like a bunch of people your age are all, you're all super similar to that all kind of have the same interest. Cause you all applied to that school and you chose to go to that school. Um, not necessarily the same interest, but same idea. Um, and you kind of just get to meet so many just different cool people that, um, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to meet and kind of like branch out. Like, I don't know, like I got, I don't have any friends like that or like doing something totally different other than you guys at home you know what I mean all my friends are from baseball and we all kind of have like that same we're all kind of the same we all kind of have like that same goal that same drive all that stuff um but like I don't have many like doctor friends or many like this friend or this friend that I would I think I would have been able to meet at college and kind of like expand that uh make some connections and just like with with like a vast amount of different people you know what I mean like we're kind of stuck in this, like where, where the college is like a bubble with so many vast different people, like pro ball is a bubble where it's just, everybody's the same. You know what I mean? And hopefully that's something that changes as you start to find these other passions outside of baseball. You know, that's one thing you talked yeah. about is how can I figure out what I want to do more outside of baseball? This is going to end at some point. There's only so much I can do physically as I get older. So hopefully as that comes more of that will come for you. Uh, you're a great kid. I mean, everyone at home loves being friends with you. Not, I mean, we love being friends with you before all this baseball stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. hopefully other people are going to be able to see that when, when you get into those other passions. Now on the opposite, what's one thing that you think regular college kids or someone our age missed out on by like having the, the traditional path and not getting to experience all the stuff you have? I think just the um... – like just the, just the drive that kind of comes with it. Um, the drive to compete, the drive to be around like super high level people. Um, you know, I've met some, like I said, I've been introduced just like throughout my career to super high level people that I don't think I would have been able to meet necessarily before. And granted they're all in the baseball realm, which understandable, but like you get drafted, you're instantly in the top 1% of all baseball players ever. You know what I mean? Um, 
and then you make it the big leagues, you're top 0.0001%. Um, and that's when you become kind of like, you know, oh, you could have the potential to become like a legend. Um, but yeah, just like, just compete, just like that, that ability to compete. You know, I feel like some people, they stop playing sports or they never played sports and they don't truly have that, like that drive and that like compete to win. You know what I mean? And we talked about being selfless, but at the end of the day, you always want to win no matter what it is. Um, you want to be selfless with the people you care about, but um, just having that drive and knowing, knowing like, knowing you can kind of kick into that extra year to like win and being able to access that extra gear um, to win whatever you're doing. I think that's like one of the cool things that kind of like this environment brings out of you a little bit. It either brings it out of you or you're, or you, it doesn't bring it out of you. And, you know, but, but fortunately I think it's brought it out of me a little bit. I've been able to kind of like feel that side and I, I felt it come out a little bit. And I guess that's one of the things that also helps determine success, right? Like you'll be able to find out really quickly whether you have that drive or not. I mean, you told me stories of guys who, when they should be training or they should be sleeping or they should be eating right, they just go out and do stupid stuff. You know, like yeah. it's very obvious they don't have that. So I think if there's one thing that can teach you whether you have drive or not, it's like being forced to have it. Cause if you don't have it, you're going to get caught real quick. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like it's, it's a quick turnaround, man in all professional sports, you know what I mean? Like you can't ever be satisfied or complacent because there's always, you know, in baseball, there's a draft every June, there's 20 new guys coming in they're fucking hungry and ready to take the job. You know what I mean? And it's, it's easy like to get caught up in, you know, I just had a good season or, you know, I just, this happened or this happened. I'm really happy with myself with like where, where I came. But that's one thing I've learned is that there's no time for that right now. You know what I mean? It's like, one of my coaches always said, like, a, a great Derek Jeter quote. And he's like they, – they asked him, like, Derek, like, why, why were you so good? Why do you have such a successful career? Is because he said he, – he was like, I've never felt like I've arrived. Um, like, arrived at his destination. Like, he never felt like, okay, it's time to lay off the gas. It's, it's, it's a great time to just chill out. Like, I've never felt like I've arrived. And a lot of guys, you know, they, they get to professional baseball and they feel like they've arrived. And, like, they're like, oh, well, my only goal was to play professional baseball. Um, but I think the truly elite ones, they have goals. But then the second they achieve that goal, they make a new one. And then they go to that one. And then the second they make that one, they make a new one. And it it keeps going until the end of their life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Awesome, man. So we, we've already talked about all this stuff. I mean, at bonfires or just chilling or whatever, you know, I've heard this stuff a lot. But I hope that someone else is able to hear this and, and get a unique perspective. I mean, I'm sure – I'm sure almost everyone at one point in their life, whether they're like four years old or 15 years old or whatever, has dreamed of being a professional athlete. So hopefully this gives them a little glimpse into it. You said the word purpose probably 600 times during this whole thing. So um, if you're listening to this, like, listen, like make, make sure you understand that purpose isn't just something that you say. It's something that you have to figure out for yourself and, and put into everything that you do and make sure you know why you're doing something. Um, but dude, it was great having you on. You've been one of my best friends for a very long time. So I'm really glad we got to do this and you got to talk a little bit about your life and what you do and how you think before I let you go. You have any questions for me? Oh man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Great. Good time. All right. Peace brother.